Today we're going to be talking about building a family nest egg. We're going to have to go fast because I'm really over-prepared. Um, and I'll probably have to skip a lot of it. But uh, many of you know what is the, some of the, the, the three leading causes of divorce in America. Many surveys reveal what I'm going to share with you today is the leading, the leading cause of the breakdown of the home. And even people who list communication as their one of their main problems in their marriage and their in their relationships, they also surround they really focus on this area that we're going to be talking about today about their communication that they struggle with in this area. Just a few years ago, a couple in Florida won $27 million in the Florida lottery. And they were so elated and they showed them on TV and they were hugging and kissing each other. And just in two or three months, they were filing for divorce. And one of them said, money changes people. There are times when I wish we had not won that lottery. Strange, isn't it? Money, lots of money sometimes can be just as powerful against us as, as not enough. Um, it destroyed this couple. Many have endured the tests and the trials of lack and not having enough. Um, but it could be that the test might be having more than enough. And some of you are probably thinking, yeah, I'd like to try that one. <laughs> But it's not the, just the absence of money that always leads to these difficulties. Sometimes it's the presence of too much that leads to broken hearts and broken homes. So today we're going to talk about learning to handle money. Because learning how to handle money well is one of the greatest things that you can do for the strength of your family. Anybody can nod in agreement to that? It is less than 100 words, 95 to be exact, five verses, but it's packed with wisdom for family. It's called Family Psalm because it teaches us that we must have the Lord's plans in building our homes. King Solomon wrote Psalm 127, possibly from what he learned from his father David, King David. And the first verse reads this. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand, watch in vain. So from just a few words, we already find a couple things that we need to plot. Number one, God wants to be involved in your family. And in everything about it. And especially your finances. Number two, it costs money to build a house. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Number three, and this is what I want to get to right now. There are enemies that will try to destroy your family and your family finances. And here are three of them. Number one, you can kind of follow along in your handout. Number one is indulgence. Indulgence is this. It's substituting pleasure for fulfillment. For fulfillment. You can go ahead and go to that next slide. Solomon wrote, He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This is also vanity. And Jesus said, Take heed and beware of covetousness, 
For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. So money itself cannot, and I'm not telling you anything that you don't know already, I understand that, just kind of reminding us, but money itself cannot produce lasting pleasure and contentment and satisfaction. Everybody agree with that? We know that, but sometimes we forget. But what can? To see this even more fully, let's look at one word in this verse, Psalm 127, verse 1, and it's the word vain. It's found three times in the psalm. And just really just two verses it's found. And the word means more than you might realize. It comes from a Hebrew root word, which means to rush over. And it, it has an implication of going over a cliff into destruction. And that's what the word vain means. And it developed into this word that means something or some act that's empty without meaning. And even evil in nature. So, why is it that money, as important as it is, and produces a measure of joy in our lives, cannot produce lasting peace and happiness? Here's the reason. Because you're not made to find fulfillment in possessions. You're made to find fulfillment in a relationship with Christ. That's the bottom line. And a relationship with Jesus is the only thing that can give you lasting peace and joy. We try other things. We try relationships. We try possessions. We try everything. We try hobbies. We try everything, don't we? But when it comes down to it, only a relationship with Christ is what fulfills us. Henry Ford, the founder of Ford Motor Company, had a go-getter young man in his organization. And, and he asked him one day, he pulled him to the side, and he noticed his energy, he noticed everything that he was doing for the company. And he said, what do you want in life? What's most important in your life? And, and the young man replied, he said, I just want to make a whole bunch of money. He said, okay, I want to talk to you tomorrow. And so that night, Henry Ford went to uh, uh, Thomas's, left the eigenkopter, and he had him put in silver dollars for the glasses and a glass and some glasses in, in the ice. And uh, instead of lenses, he had silver dollars. And next morning, he said he, he brought that young man to him. He said, "Okay, put these on." He put them on. He said, "What can you see?" He said, "I, I can't see anything." He said, that's what money will do to you. Because you're going to miss, and you're going to be blinded to all the, the greatest things in life if you're always looking at money. Henry Ford said that. <laughs> and we think, if we could just get that home, bigger home, car, uh, bigger car, better car, faster car, <laughs> truck, <all right. laughs> um, boat, or that furniture, they can go on and on because there's no end to what money can buy, right? If we only had a certain amount of money in the bank, we'd be set for life. But it just doesn't work that way. Money set as your most important goal only brings greed. So here's the second enemy, greed. And this is substituting money for love. Easy to do. Money's not bad. Remember, it's a blessing from God. It never does say in Scripture 
that none of the writers of the Bible say that money is bad. It doesn't even say that, that money is the root of all evil, and people misquote that all the time. But that's not what it says. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. So money is a blessing. We're not doubting money because it's a blessing for God. God meets our needs with, his, with stuff, and he, and he blesses us. With rich, he richly blesses us. But money's not what your home and your family and your children need most. Deuteronomy 6, Moses wrote, or said this, And thou, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. And that's what we really need. We need love. And we substitute things so quickly for love. So what your family needs most is love. Love for God, love for each other. A teenage boy, only 14 years old, he asked his dad, he said, how much do you make an hour, dad? And he said, well, why do you want to know? I just want to know. And he said, well, I make $30 an hour. Why do you want to know? He said, I just wanted to know. He said, well, tell me why you wanted to know. He said, well, come up to my room. I'm going to show you. And so he led his dad back to his room, and he pulled out $20 that he'd been saving from mowing lawns, and he put the money that his dad gave him. He asked, he asked his dad for $10, and his dad gave him $10. He put the money together with that $10. And he said, here's 30 bucks. I got enough. Give me one hour of your time. Give me, just get, give me one hour. His dad got the message. So the context of Psalm 127 is just fascinating. The song that we started with is a picture of a city that's being built and and all the while, a watchman is up watching over the horizon for enemies, checking out for en enemies attacking. Now, people don't like to build in a war zone, right? We're watching on TV with all the refugees fleeing Syria and other places in the Middle East, and it's not safe to build. And they won't go back there until it's safe to go back. We see that happening right now. But we don't realize that the same thing is happening in our lives. If we're trying to build a secure financial future for our family, and we're being attacked by these things, these emotions, these, these emotions of greed that are attacking us, we can never make any progress in this very important area of our lives and, and, and in the lives of our family. When covetousness and dissatisfaction and discontentment and greed or attacking our emotions and our thoughts, we can't build our family's financial house. We sabotage our security and every bit of progress that we make constantly. So your family needs peace, and that's found only from trust in God. And I want to roll over this real quickly because this is probably the heart of what I'm trying to share with you this morning, is that fulfillment is found in a journey of discipline. Did you get that? Fulfillment is in the journey of discipline. You find that all the way through Scripture. And in the process of trusting God to meet your needs. And it's a wonderful process. We don't like it sometimes. So we go to the credit card. But it's a process of enjoying Him and knowing that He loves you and He will take care of you and meet your needs. So don't let greed substitute love for God or love for your family. I love this verse. I may even come back to it a couple times, but we don't really know who the writer of Hebrews was. We think it was Paul, probably Paul, but we don't know for sure. 
But the writer of Hebrews in chapter 13 says this, Keep your lives free from the love of money. Sounds like Paul. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content. Be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Isn't that powerful? And I, I think it's interesting that he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And it's in the context of meeting your needs financially. Wow, that's, that's really interesting. That word content is, is so important. I, I was reading a book that one of the, the books I'm reading right now is, is uh, uh, Retire Inspired by uh, uh, Chris Hogan out of Dave Ramsey's organization. And, uh, in fact, a lot of what I, I'm going to give you a little bit later here comes from Dave Ramsey's Baby Steps. And just want to remind some of you are familiar with that. Uh, I unashamedly stole a lot of what I'm giving you today because it's just so good. Uh, and it's helped my life. And I hope it will help you too. But in, in this retired part, it was talking about contentment. And after I got done reading that, and I also read it to my wife, and, and I just thought about it for a week. Is thinking about how much discontentment tries to motivate me. And I was just almost, in a way, just embarrassed because of the things that I thought I had had. That I wasn't content. There's just something about, you know, you can always want more, you can always, but when it gets to that point of discontentment, that you're just not going to be happy until you get there, then you've missed the whole joy of being on a journey. Uh, no, just, that was free. <laughs> so the first cause of money problems is not being content. I, I, I won't give his name because, because of John's great work, we are being broadcast all over the world now. <laughs> really, we are. And I've got to be careful. Okay. And we got to be careful about what we're saying, but I'm not going to mention his name because he's a brother. But there was a boxer, a heavyweight champion, and I looked up his his numbers and uh, in all of his earnings in his career, he had earned over five hundred and fourteen million dollars, and now he's bankrupt. And I thought, how? <laughs> but money changes you, doesn't it? And I'm not bad now, and it could have been any of us. But I'd like to show you something. If I can do this with one hand. I've got somewhere in here. Look at all this money. You know all this money came from mowing lawns? <laughs> yeah, this one is a, a one dollar bill and it says in God we trust. This one is five dollar bill. In God we trust. Is that cool? This is a ten dollar bill. And it says, In God we trust. This is a I didn't know I had all this one. This is a $20 bill, and it says, In God We Trust. This is a hundred, no, this, just here. <laughs> Our money says it every time we're paying a bill, every time we're buying something. In God I trust. 
We can't forget that. No matter. Yeah, I know you're doing the work, but he provided you the opportunity to do the work. He said, I don't like my job. Well, I believe for a different one or a better one or a raise or something. You're not stagnant. Don't ever think that. God's blessing you. Just awesome. Unless you're retired. You know. <laughs> you can't wait to see what the next step is. Right? King David discovered this. He said in Psalm 24, he said, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything in it. The world and all who live in it. It's all the Lord's. Everything. It may not seem like it sometimes, but it's all His. So God made it so He can teach us how to manage it, right? God doesn't want us worrying about it. That's for sure. Jesus says, seek first His kingdom. And I have to remind myself of this all the time. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these other things will be given to you as well. And therefore, don't worry. Don't worry. So everything you come that, that you have comes from God. And it's God's blessing. He made it possible. And Moses said, it is God who has given you the power to get wealth and honor Him with it. What a great opportunity. Here's the third attack on our family finances. And this is an interesting one. It's confusing. And this is substituting reaction for action. How much of the time we're constantly putting out financial fires in our lives because we have a plan. And that becomes a difficult thing. So our financial habits are killing us. They're eating us alive. They're wrecking our families. So we have to change our habits. So it doesn't have to be that way. So if I really want to change, there's something i got to do. I've got to find some intensity. I've got to be so purposeful about this. I can't wait for something to happen. A lot of times we get in problems because we just let the money things happen to us. Instead of making decisions now that will change our future. So I want to show you something. It's a, a chase scene. Don't worry. Nobody's going to get hurt very much. A gazelle in Africa weighs about 100 pounds. Wait, 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 wait. I'm ready. I want to set this up. Can you hold that? Don't let him attack you. Hold up. Thank you. Okay. The, the gazelle weighs 100 pounds and runs about 30 miles an hour. The cheetah weighs about 150 pounds and weighs and, and runs about 65 miles per hour. Now here's the surprising fact. 17 out of 18 chases, the gazelle wins. Okay, now I'm running, Brendan. Thank you.
that awesome? Mm -hmm. Now here's some things about uh, a couple of other things about the cheetah and the the gazelle. Did you notice all the juking and the jiving and all the cut corners and all that that he was doing? That's how the gazelle has figured out to win this race. And he wins it 17 out of 18 times. It was just amazing. But here's what's cool about it. God gave the gazelle a little bit of an extra biological gift. Now the cheetah has 17 seconds to make a kill. In that environment, it's so hot. When they get running, their hearts start to pump, and pretty soon their brains begin to cook. So he's got 17 seconds, or else his brain will cook and he'll die. The gazelle has... It's kind of the equivalent, like, I got a four-wheeler, and that four-wheeler is water-cooled. It's a good one. <laughs> and so we can keep going in hot weather. Same thing with the gazelle. The gazelle's got this water-cooling type brain. It's not water, but it keeps it cool. So he can keep going. So if he stays in the race, he's going to win. And he knows that. So he just jukes and jukes and jukes and jukes until the cheetah wears out. As long as he doesn't make a bad mood and trip or fall or something, he'll make it to another day. What's this talking about? This is talking about debt, honey, and financial problems and difficulties that want to wipe you out are constantly haunting us. But if we make cool-headed decisions and also have the intensity Notice that gazelle didn't wait for anybody, didn't wait for government to come and help. Didn't wait for anybody to come and help. He said, I'm going to do something about this. The gazelle took off. And that's the kind of attitude that we have to have. Is that I will do the responsible thing and I will do what I need to do to get out of this hole, to get out of debt. Debt's hiding me. It's not going to help. It's not going to, it's not going to win. It's not going to kill me. And I'm going to do the right planning, put the right precautions in measure. I'm going to increase my income, do whatever it takes to get out of this situation and start building my financial, my family's financial security. And it's really important that we do that and find that intensity. Okay, so the rest of the time, we've just got a few minutes left. I'm going to give you the base steps. I'm, not even, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you seven of them. I'm only going to talk about a couple of them. Uh, and you can go to a website, DaveRamsey.com, and you can study them. You can get tons of other information there that will help. Uh, I go there often. I go there often just learning and reading. I've got books from there, and it's helped me so much. And I'll just describe the process to you. Uh, and you probably are in a, in a different place on the journey than I am, than we are. But wherever you are on the journey, we're somewhere in that journey. This will be a blessing to you. So baby step number one is first decide to change. Decide to change. This world runs off a different attitude. Um, and the kingdom of God runs off love, the right priorities. So decide to change and do it God's way. Um, really, there's three decisions that you have to make. I'll just give them to you real quickly. There's three decisions that I need to make before I build my family financial security. Number one, I want to allow God to develop a content, like what we talked about earlier, a content and generous spirit in, in me. How many of you would like to be able to give to more decisions? Camp David coming up in five. How many of you? Those kids don't have any five. How much would you? 
How many of you would just love to give, you know, sponsor two or three of those kids? You know, what was it, 150 a kid? Uh, you know, my heart just goes out for something like that. Uh, and there's so many good opportunities to get. I just want to, God, develop in me a content. I want to be content with what I have and, and where I'm going. And I also want a generous heart. And only God can develop those kinds of things in us. Jesus said, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, what parable is talking about? The sower and the seed in the sower. <clears throat> How we understand any of the parables. So here's the basic of all understanding. If, if and Paul wrote this. I'm gonna, go ahead and throw this up in, uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul wrote this. For God is the one who provides seed to the farmer. That's the sower. And bread to eat. God provides the seed. God provides the seed. So what we have to understand, first of all, if I'm going to be content, I have to realize that God is providing seed. Well, I don't have much income. you got seed. Because once this is the thing that I had to learn, is, and it was a hard lesson to learn, was that my seed is not in the overflow. My job provides the seed. That's the seed I get to sow. So well, it's just not very much. I don't know. I've lived it. But it's seed. And if I eat all my seed, I don't have anything to sow. And if I don't sow anything, nothing comes back. And that's the way it works. And it's real easy. It's real simple. But it's really hard to do sometimes. When you have bills, you got four kids at home. So when you live in that. But no, I live it. If you eat all your seed, you can never expect to have anything come back in harvest. Okay, so the second thing I have to decide is commit myself to living on a budget. I have to put the parameters on. I have to put the guardrails up and say, That's not, I'm not going to go beyond this. Budget is a good thing. Plans of the diligent lead to abundance, Scripture says in Proverbs. A budget is nothing, a plan, nothing but a plan for everything else that you do with your money. So a good budget takes care of all the regular and important bills and then plans for the future too. Now, here's a, a scripture. Uh, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes to want. What does that word hasty mean? It means impulse buying. And that's the end. I should probably never step foot in a Bass Pro. <laughs> My impulse buying goes way up when I go in there. This is really funny. I don't know if you ever watched Last Man Standing. But this is a clip from one of the sitcoms. Mike is, let me set it up a little bit. Mike is the manager of a Bass Pro-ish type place. I think it's called Outdoor Man. I just started watching this like a year ago. And, and then they canceled it. I was like, great. Finally like a show and they canceled it. But I'll, I'll watch all the ones that I got. I can binge on Netflix. So. I got money for Netflix. Okay. <laughs> um, but he's, he buys a tank. <laughs> And uh, this is the argument that they have. I know you've never had these kind of discussions and arguments, but uh, this is what the character has. Go ahead and read it. 
They turn it up a little bit. Sell some stuff. 
Now, I'm not a dry sale guy. I know Neil Arthur is. Where's Neil? He hates garage sales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They said he loves them. So. But, you know, you can sell stuff. You can get an extra job. I've been bivocational forever. I've worked another job. I work for the public schools, and then I work, uh, uh, I'm an adjunct professor now. So I, I've been doing that forever. I wouldn't do that by choice, but i got to do what i got to do. You know, you got to, I don't want to cheat on me, you know. Uh, Cut the TV cable, I've done that before. Do it on a cell phone, oh no. Just, let's just go home now. <laughs> you know, get a different cell phone, it doesn't cost as much. They all cost a lot. But, you know, do what, the point is do whatever it takes to save some money and get to a thousand. Then when the car battery goes down, you're ready with it. And then you just put it back into the phone. The thing that we don't want to do is when we're trying to get out of debt, is to dig a deeper hole with the things that we buy. Okay? So get a test. Usually that takes about one to two months to get to there. Sometimes it takes us a little bit longer, but it's very doable for anybody, even on a modest income. If you got something coming in, you can do it. Uh, just make it your first goal. Baby step number two <clears throat> pay off all debt, except for the house. Pay off all the other debt, and then start using this debt snowball. If you want to know what, how that works, I'll, I'll give you a real brief thing, and you can go to the website and study it yourself. But baby steps two, two you, we, we started our debt reduction plan. And this is often the hardest part of it for most families, especially if you have a large amount of debt. So how do I tack all this debt that I accumulated? It's not that difficult, but it takes some discipline. List all those debts from the smallest to the largest. And then do all your payments that you have to do. And then everything extra you throw at the smallest debt. And knock off that. And there's a psychological reason for it. Because if you start throwing it at the larger debts, you'll never make any progress. They did all the studies and people quit when they try to knock off the larger debts. So use the psychological principle. And if I knock off this smaller one, then when I get that money, let's say you got a TV. Because you had to have that big screen TV, right? You just had to have it. So you got a 55 inch and you put it in the living room and you're really enjoying that, but now you got a $400 debt. And then you didn't realize that the kid needed braces and it's going to be $1,600 bill for the dentist. And then you got a $9,000 loan for the car. So how are you going to handle all this? Well, obviously the $9,000 is bigger, so you're going to attack that TV first. So you're going to take that first $400 extra that you get and you're going to throw that towards that TV. And in just a couple months or a month or so, you're going to have that TV paid off. And so you've got that extra $400 that's laying around and you're going to go and upgrade your TV to a 65-inch TV, right? Oh, that's the temptation, though. And that's what everybody wants you to do. That's why contentment is the most important thing about this. I'm going to find my contentment with my relationship with God. I'm going to find my contentment with my relationship with my family. And I don't need more. And so I'm going to take that 400 and I'm going to throw it to the next debt, the $1,600 debt for the dentist. And that starts to snowball. It's going to be a stronger payment. And it's a, it's a crowbar. When we were tearing up the floor out there, trying to tear that floor up was ridiculously hard. 
But you get a crowbar and you are all of a sudden, you quadruple your strength with that. And that's what the leverage that comes from paying off those smaller debts and snowballing them into the smaller debts into the larger debts, that's what this is. That's what this becomes. It becomes a crowbar. And it becomes amazing because you're able, you're stronger financially. And you feel stronger. And it's emotional and it's extremely important to feel that. Because our emotions have everything to do with this. So contentment, Love and then strong crowbar. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. <laughs> Just get stronger with it. And your financial life can get stronger every day, every week, every pay period, every year. I know I've lived this. I know how it happens. And I know how easily we can get into debt. And we get. You young guys, let me talk to you for a second. Man, you can do things right. You know, we got married, and then we had kids so fast, it was all our fault. <laughs> and then we were in debt really fast. But you can, if you have, if, you know, if you're looking ahead, and you say, you know, I'm going to start doing this from, right from the, from the get-go, and then when you start meeting that special person in your life, talk about that. Because this is the one area that will, will cause more catastrophe than any other area in your life. Probably pretty close to sex, but I'd say this is probably the hardest one. And so you can start dialoguing about this. How are we going to do this? And study this together and see what you're comfortable with. Because you've got to get on the same page. And if you're single right now, man, what a great opportunity. You can start piling this nest egg. And then you'd be real careful who wants to get in the involved in your life and who you want to get involved with because you want to have the same priorities. And that's a good thing too. Well, alright. So, anyhow, so you get that 1600 paid off and then you, you pile that onto the 9000 and you and then you say, you know, I'm going to have a gazelle-like, gazelle-ish garage sale. I'm going to sell some stuff and I'm going to get a part-time job and I'm going to start adding to this. And pretty soon you see that 9000 that you have 30 payments left on that. Right, so you're gonna you're gonna knock that down to to half that because you're gonna you're gonna you don't have to work that part time job forever, but you're gonna do it until you get that car off your back. So that's kind of how it works, and, and it really does work. Um, we did it with modest in, income, and and uh, the thing that you can do is if if you start seeing this crowbar work, and you you start seeing that you're getting stronger financially, if you already own own a home. You know, usually you want to wait till later to pay that off, but but we just went ahead and paid our home off too, and we just got there, and it's like, man, I just want to feel what it feels to be debt free totally. It is so wonderful. You know what? You know what people that have all their 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 debt paid off can do? Anything they want. <laughs> you know, just buy anything they want. And you, you're just not becoming to anybody you, because you're strong financially. Ah, that's so good. This is this is so much wisdom here that, that God gives us on how to how to do this so that you're not eaten up by things. And, uh, and if you're if you don't have stress like that, you're gonna be a happier person. You're gonna be able to get along with other people a lot better. Your relationships are gonna be stronger, and people. Don't, 
enjoy you more. So it, it, it affects everything. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up, but I want to skip some of these. The the baby step number three is to put three to six months expenses in savings. And this is really hard. I guess they I say each one gets is hard because they get harder. Uh, this one takes a little while. It takes some real dedication to do this, but once you get that one thousand in there and you paint those little things off, then you start aiming at this this three to six months of expenses. Now for most people that's gonna be around ten to fifteen thousand dollars. You think, man, I'll never get there. This is where people probably drop off faster than any other place because alright, I got the I, I got to the thousand and then I got to all my debts paid off, but that Ten to fifteen thousand seems such like a monumental task. I, I don't know if I can get there. The cheetah is still hunting you, and that cheetah brings surprises. Some of them can be pretty big. Whole transmissions can go out. Um, doctor bills can hit. Expensive one. And so you want to get to that ten or fifteen thousand, so that you will never have to be in debt again in your life. So keep with keep that intensity until you get there. And then you can just build wealth from there. So those those are three steps. There's more. And I want to skip to verse paragraph verse. The baby step number seven. You can look at the others on your own if you're interested. But step seven is this build wealth and give. Become a giver. And that's really what this is all about. God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. God wants to bless you more so that you can be a blessing to others. You know, we wouldn't be here worshiping God today if it weren't for people that had had enough foresight with their finances that they wanted to give to this project. It just wouldn't have been possible. And you say, are you a preacher asking for money again? No, I haven't said a thing about that. Right. This isn't about that. This is just congratulating people that have allowed God to create in them a generous heart. One person dedicating the floor to this stage. I, and I can go down a whole list of people that can just, yeah, I want to buy it. I, I want to purchase that for the church. I want, I want to do that. That's just incredible, isn't it? Their reward is in heaven, but we get to enjoy it right now. That's so, that's so awesome. There's trips for training that we like to take so that we can be exposed to new ways of doing things. Um, and, and sometimes I've had people come and say, I want to support the whole team going to that, that conference. And they've done it. And we go and we, we're enriched, we're encouraged by that, that trip. Uh, took a trip, took a team to Alabama a couple years ago, and that was all paid for. All paid for for our team. Because somebody had enough foresight and somebody cared enough that we would get better at what we're doing. And it's just so cool what God can do when we go to Him, trust Him, and then we put into place the things that would be with 